Empire. Neil back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, guys? We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us today. Hope you guys had a nice weekend. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, as always, my brother Noel. Noel, how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. A little laid back, you know, put the kids to work. I love doing that. It makes me feel good, it makes me feel like a real dad. Mm. have them out there and weeding and running and sweating like crazy it's good it's good while i'm sitting inside looking through the window it's fun times <laughs> yeah with your <laughs> sifter of brandy yeah exactly snifter sifter sifter i think sifter yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. i always get that confused <laughs> anyway um hey we have a huge guest today a little bit later in the show joel Corey from cbssports.com and inside the cap podcast uh, Joel's also a sports agent and knows the NFL salary cap like it's his job because, you know, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> what he does. He's the guru. Yep. So we're going to have him on a little bit later. Well, let me get through this real quick, as I always do. Uh, we have an Instagram page, Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. And on Twitter, Beltway Bro Pod. We also have a Facebook group. So search groups and type in our name, Beltway Sports Bros. Also, please check us out at empiremedia.com. And then one last thing, please subscribe or follow and also download the episodes, depending on what podcast app you use. It's 100% free. All subscribing does is download the newest episode automatically, so you don't have to search for it. All right. So to start things out, before the main course starts with Mr. Joel Curry, of course, let's start off with a little appetizer, shall we? Lap. What was that? <laughs> I said a little app. A little app, yes. Yeah. Well, you said lap. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, <laughs> all right. Was... No, I'm not, I'm not Sweet Lou. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> to get you guys updated on what's been going on, there has been nearly 40 players that have decided to opt out of the 2020 season due to the COVID-19 concerns. The NFL reportedly wants to shorten the deadline for players to opt out, which would be a week after the new revised CBA is signed. Currently, the revised CBA is yet to be approved. They've gotten the majority of the issues out, but that's something that's a little bit of a holdup among other things. So we've talked about this before, but the players that take the opt-out risk get a $150,000 stipend that are not considered high risk and $350,000 stipend that are considered high risk. And then their agreed contract terms are pushed into the 2021 season and beyond. So it basically just pushes their contract back a year, uh, every year past that. So, Noel, what do you think about this? What are your thoughts on this little opt-out situation we got in our hands here? Well, I mean, I just feel that the NFL's put themselves between a rock and a hard place here. They've done a smash and grab job on how they're going to set this up. I mean, we've talked about it before in reference to the MLB and how they're kind of following that trend on how to do things. And now they've given the options to these players that, hey, if you don't like it, you can still take this $150,000 stipend and chill out. Or if you're a medical risk, you get this three fifty dollars and you can sit home. And it is something that is concerning because these guys might just not want to play. 
It's not a matter of whether it's the COVID thing or a risk. They might just getting fat and lazy for the last five months and said, you know what? If the money's going to hit next year, I'll take the year off, take my 150K and, um, and sit home. That's a viable option. If you're not in shape, if you haven't been doing shit, I'll take the $150,000 and just stay home and hang out. Yeah. And, and another thing I was thinking of, who makes these decisions based off the high risk versus not high risk? You know what I mean? Right. Because obviously the NFL is, but you would think the NFL has it in their best interest not to consider people high risk. It, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's a little concerning in itself. Um, a guy like Caleb Brantley, right? He got the 350, but what exactly? And they, they didn't really say exactly what he was high risk of, but is it the team doctors? Is it the NFL doctors? I mean, who is it? Here's a real question though. Okay. An offensive lineman, they They're say <laughs> people that are overweight are at higher risk to, if they get COVID to have medical issues, serious right. medical issues. You have to be overweight to play offensive linemen. You yeah. have to be. So aren't they all at risk? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it, make any fucking sense. And that's what I mean. You could technically say that everybody is high risk. You could say, you know, I've had, I don't know, I had skin cancer five years ago and I'm high risk now or, you know, some, something in your well, history. You could easily well, yeah. get around that. In that case, yes. Okay, there's a medical or like I'm uh, type 2 diabetes or something like that. But like I said, going back to it, they've said that people are obese and even the percentages go up if you're morbidly obese. If you've got a 375-pound lineman that is 37 years old, right? He's at the tail end of his career. I would automatically put him in the high-risk section of this, yeah. right? Th that's how I think of it I anyway. just don't know who the governing body is. Right. No, 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 absolutely. You know, it seems to be in the NFL's best interest to make these guys want to do 150k based off of that and then you got to look at or do that how do they prove that they are genuinely high risk and like you said if, if you're morbidly obese which a lot of these uh, offensive linemen are or defensive tackles and things like that absolutely I mean it if they go and get a, a physical you know the doctor's going to tell them you're probably 200 pounds overweight <laughs> right. right I mean I go to the I go to the doctors and they tell me I'm they overweight. tell me I'm overweight every time doesn't and matter. I don't feel like I am I mean I got a little bit of you know <laughs> That man, uh, the the dad bod going. Well, but I mean, I'm not huge. <laughs> but these guys, shit, man. These right. guys go in. They can't even fit into the damn uniform. <laughs> they have to like seal that jersey onto their bodies. Right. You know, it's freaking ridiculous. Like Trent Williams had the like glued on. Oh. It was you could see the, uh, the the shoulder pads, like the bolts in the shoulder pads, pasted through the the jersey just to hold the jersey on. And he wasn't even one of the bigger bigger ones. He wasn't like a guard. You know, those guards are always like hogheads. They're saying, oh, but they're, these are in shape fat guys. Like, yeah. I guess, I mean, I don't know. How is that a thing? They are. I, I mean, mean, they hell, are. I guess they are. For their size, absolutely 100% they are. But still, they're fat. It seems like an oxymoron. It really me. is. I mean, still, I don't know They're how, fucking fat, okay? I know the last four months... I you know I played kickball the other day. I felt like I was going to have a damn heart attack, and that and that's kickball. <laughs> right, so my that's legs I... are so sore right now. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so that's exactly going back to my point. Some of these guys have been sitting around on their asses for four freaking months. Now all of a sudden they've got this ace in the hole, right? And they've got up until August seventh to figure this out. Right now, that's a little bit of a gray area. Yeah, they haven't even figured that out yet because the CBA has even. But potentially, it could be August seventh, maybe. So let's just say these guys are scrambling. Like, all right, um, 
maybe they go out last minute and try to run a mile and they're like, damn, son, like, I don't have it in me to put on gear right now. I'm going to take this 150K and I'll deal with the 7 million next year yeah. or whatever they're making. Yeah. And the, the funniest part of this whole thing is the fact that if you take the 150K or the 350, whatever the case may be, the next year you have to make the team in order to keep that money. Right. So with that being said, like the GMs and everything are saying, look, we don't want to chase these fuckers down if they don't make the team next year. What are we going to do? Chase them down for 150K? They literally, the players have to give that money back. Yep. If they don't make the team. So that, it's so stupid. The who whole thing who is, came up with this? And now the NFL wants to say, oh, well, we can't do, we don't want to do a week anymore. Um, we got to just say that you either have to shit or get off the pot. And I understand right. if some people are genuinely concerned Absolutely. about this COVID thing because it's a fucking disaster. Yeah, no, they've set themselves up. And like I said, from the beginning, they're been between a rock and a hard place. They have no defense here. Now, if they had a bubble and they had isolated training camps and things like that, I'd give them a little bit of a pass here. If these guys want to take advantage of the system, that's fine. These guys have been trudging forward through shit. They haven't done anything correctly from day one. I I've got no problem with it. Yeah. And I'm not going to criticize these players for saying, look, until the dust settles on this, I'm just going to take the money that they give me and, and get the hell out of here. I'm not going to start killing myself at training camp where I don't even know the quality of the product that they're putting on the field. And then all of a sudden be told in a few weeks, I have COVID and I've got to go home or whatever it is. Well, what's funny is we had a little tiff with old JP Finley, good friend of ours, regarding yeah. this. And he was saying, defending the players of the NFL like they weren't going to fuck up. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Baseball, that was an isolated incident. Oh, you yeah. mean like how they're traveling from, from city to city and they're able to go home and they're not in a bubble? But yeah, multiply that by five with an NFL team. No, <laughs> right? no, no. Everything's going to be just fine. Idiot. These guys are so much more evolved than the MLB players that they're just going to, you know, stay the course. No, no, what no. That was only a Marlins thing. What a company, man. That was only Jesus. a Marlins thing. And then you yeah, see, yeah. Oh, 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 interesting. Other teams. It's happening to other teams too. Hey, what? Yeah. Uh, okay. Hey, Matt, it's fun in Miami. You know, hey, it's a good time down there. Yeah. I don't blame them. I might opt for COVID down there too. It's crazy time. But yeah, what a joke. When you're going down exactly the same course that one league is going to the other, these guys are going to have the same mentality and they're going to do the same type of shit. And you're putting them in scenarios in which it's going to happen, whether it's their fault or not. When they leave the premises, the opportunities are there for them to, to get this. Absolutely. And that's what's going to happen. I, I'm not talking about just the guys that are going to the strip club that's what and I, we're yeah. not and we're generalizing this we're talking about the guys that just go to a drive-through to go get fucking fast food for their kids you know anything or their wives yeah. have to go to work or, or right. whatever the case or whatever may be. it is whatever and it they is they bring the shit home you know it, it's it could be anything right so don't give me this crap and that's something we might actually ask mr joel Corey about you right. know because I'm, I'm curious what he has to say about that so i agree and and maybe he'll get a little bit down on this uh on the specifics of the numbers with the opting out and with the caps and how this is going to affect the stuff in the future and that's really why we're excited to have him on Hey guys, please welcome Joel Corey, former agent and CBSSports.com contributor and fellow Empire Podcast Network host of the Inside the Cap podcast, which we were just talking about this off a camera or or a radio, whatever you want to call it. But it's a really awesome podcast, Joel. You go so deep into the NFL cap contracts and really the NFL overall. It's really an impressive podcast. It makes us sound like complete morons. So thank you for that. 
<laughs> I'm just trying to impart whatever insight I may have picked up for my years working with players and and things I've noticed and observed about the NFL when I was on the player side of the business and thought maybe I might have something that people might find useful or interesting. So that's all, that's all I'm trying to do. Well, you definitely do. You're, it's, it's really groundbreaking stuff because like Noel was saying, I mean, it's stuff that you don't even really think about, you know, that you just go in and, and know the ins and outs and it's great stuff. And I remember, you know, watching or listening to you on other radio shows prior to the podcast. And I always looked forward to your interviews with, um, with, you know, the local media guys, because it was just really eye-opening stuff. So thank you for taking a few minutes with us. We really oh, sure. No problem. But, so, and also you can follow Joel at Corey Joel on Twitter. Anything that they can follow you on as well? Uh, that's the only platform I'm on. No, no Facebook or anything. Interesting yeah, things. Smart. I couldn't get <laughs> my name on Twitter the way I wanted it. And I don't have a common name. Uh, either name isn't common. I wanted it yeah. first name, last name. But there's some British uh, fitness trainer, model, DJ <laughs> who had Joel Corey. And I was like, why is that not available? Yeah. Right. And now now he's like becoming pretty well-known in the, in the uh, electronic <laughs> dance music uh, genre. <laughs> well, at least we're common on the fact that we're both not, uh, I'm not on a whole lot of social stuff myself. That's my brother's job. So at least I feel at home with you on that. Because sometimes I get these like uh, direct <laughs> messages about music. I'm like, not wrong. I'm like, I'll respond like, wrong one. Try this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, does he have a podcast too? Because I saw some guy with Joel Curry that had like a million episodes. That's on there. probably that the same that's guy? probably it's gotta oh, be man. him, right? It's like man, because on well, we got, Sirius we got the real on Sirius in the car when I uh, start scrolling through stations and like I stop for a second on the Diplo channel. Occasionally, I've seen his name pop up, and I'm like, do a double take because I'm like, well, that's my name. Like, oh, I'm like, it's the other guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, somebody's got to change here. I think that's the answer. It can't be you. All right. So we're going to jump right into it, if that's all right. So I wanted to ask you, Joel, from, from my side. So, you know, the MLB is a total mess right now with their COVID situation, right? They're, they're saying that they're going to continue on and still play and the whole thing. And, but in, and as you know, the NHL, MLS, and NBA are all in a bubble right now. And they, the NFL seems to be in you know full steam ahead with their plan, which seems to mirror the MLB plan. Obviously, there's some differences here and there. But has there been any talk that you've heard about the season being delayed so they can find some kind of happy medium? Personally, I just don't know how this is going to work. And we talked about this on a prior episode. It just seems like when you have 90 guys currently on most rosters and when you drop it down to, what is it, 58 now, you, you, it's very difficult to just kind of allow them to just do their own thing, go home, come back, and without any kind of issues. I'm just curious what you think about that. I'll be shocked if there's a full season. I, I've noticed that phrasing hasn't been full season or like but complete season. Maybe complete is eight games, 10 games, 12 games, pause in the middle. But you got too many different ways for this to go wrong, not in a bubble. One, if you have family members who go out, like say your girlfriend or wife goes out to lunch someplace, they're not right. careful. They come home. You contract it that way. The inevitable immature person in his young 20s isn't going to stay at home all the time. He's going to go out someplace, go to some big social gathering at a house or something. And right. he can contract it and bring it bring it back into the facility, because I expect that there's going to be a team which loses a whole position group or something. You may see games canceled. We're seeing an MLB and multiple more Cardinals have tested positive today. I'm just not optimistic 
yeah. know, we get through a full season, but the NFL has been damned to, damned to torpedoes full steam ahead at yeah. every juncture this year. No delayed free agency. Draft wasn't delayed. Found a way to work around the off-season programs by having them virtual. But they seem intent on trying to start this thing on time. And I think part of that is you're going to have huge ratings because even the WNBA has been getting big ratings. Oh yeah. So if you have NFL football, watching. yeah, you're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna have people watching in record numbers this year uh, for at least week one. I don't know how many weeks they get through before they have to shut things down, but the intent is to get through as many games as possible, and this is gonna be a season of attrition. <laughs> well, why aren't they secluding them at the very least during training camp? Is there something there in the CBA or anything like that that doesn't allow them to sequester them? For extended periods of time because back in the day they used to do these almost quasi bubbles during training camp anyway I'm not really sure why they're still doing the back and forth going home situation when even just with the Redskins for example they used to be in Frostburg and sequestered for a month straight at you know the university why aren't they at the very least doing that well this year they decided no universities because some teams still go there because that's harder to control because then you have outside people at a university you'd be better right. off trying to do it at a hotel or something to me, if you were going to try to have it uh, in a bubble, you couldn't have just one giant bubble. You'd have to have regional bubbles or like divisional bubbles, which would probably make the most sense where you have eight different bubbles someplace um, for, the, for the different divisions. And even that would take a whole lot of work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, kind of moving to something else. As far as the opt-outs, um, I know that there is a 350000 if the player has a medical opt-out or there's 150000 if it's a voluntary. But when they opt out, and I know that money carries over to the whatever their salary is or their salary cap hit carries over to the 2021 season, I believe. Is there a way that the NFL teams are somewhat protected where they can at least have the option of, if they have a ton of salary cap room on the 2020 year, could they utilize part of the cap on that year and not have to get slammed on the 2021 season? Well, Every time somebody opts out, you pick up cap room, and cap room can carry over from one year to the next. So okay. you you have the ability to still carry over the full amount. Like the Patriots are already in good cap shape, and I'll, they're going to have like thirty million more than they thought they were going to have because of the uh, opt out. So all that room that they don't use, whatever they don't use, you have the option of carrying it all over. Most teams do carry the full amount over from one year and the next. I know one year the Broncos, for some reason, didn't carry over all of their unused cap room, but practically every team does. That's their decision. I thought that it was an automatic thing that if they don't use cap space the prior year, it automatically rolls over. That's not the case. No, you have to, uh, day after the regular season ends, you have to declare in writing how much you want to carry over from one year to the next. Huh. But since the cap is uh, has a floor of 175, which is basically rolling it back to, uh, which would be now, it would be three years by then to 2018 levels, it'd be right. crazy not to carry over all your cap room because people were thinking the cap's going to go up at least the usual 6 to 8%. So 210 would have been, 210 million would have been a reasonable projection. So you're starting probably 35 million in the hole from where you thought it was going to be pre-COVID-19. When you mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of teams in really bad. Oh, Philadelphia. Wow. Philadelphia, Saints, and um, Falcons are three teams that have over 200 million in cap obligations for next year. Um, So they're going to have some 75. Yeah, they're (laughs) going to have some interesting interesting things to do to to try to get there. But I expect that 
the average adjusted cap, if the past is any uh, indication, will be around 185 because typically at the end of each year, the average carryover is like 10, 11 million per team. So you're really going to have a working cap generally around the league on average of about 185. But still, that's you're still way in all. Absolutely. I, it's crazy to think about because I was thinking, do you think that there's going to be some surprise cuts this year based off of teams strictly needing to have that cap money roll over just to stay under that 175, 185, whatever the case might, might be that they normally would have kept, but now they have to due to their situation for the next year? Yeah, you could have some guys who are low cost, medium salary vets who aren't necessarily your best players or they're you have like a backup waiting in the wings that could take his place they may have to take a pay code or they could get released i wouldn't i would not be surprised to see some guys like that um released or if you have a team that has a ton of cap room may look to acquire a really good player from a team which could be stretched uh, next year going on cap restraints and Speaking of next year, like you said, it potentially could be at 185 after the Joey Bosa deal, I mean, with the Chargers. Is that going to be a situation where now he's basically re-established the defensive end market? Are you going to be able to have a franchise defensive end and a franchise quarterback on the same team? Because right now they're okay. They've got they've got Taylor and they with a what I think he's at seven and a half against the cap, and they've got Herbert, who's on a rookie deal. If there's a team, for example, that needs wants to keep their D end and they're at that Bosa rate on their defensive end and they still have a franchise quarterback, is that conceivable? It's going to be tough. Or it's like the Rams are a team which has already kind of uh, seen that hurt them. After they paid Jared Goff, his numbers, cap numbers have gone up. Aaron Donald, big ticket item. So what do they do? Todd Gurley's gone. And they're taking the biggest dead money cap hit this year for an individual player with uh, Brandon Cooks. So it, it's going to be hard to do that, to have to have your high-priced quarterback and your defensive player who's at the top of the non-quarterback market on the same team unless you have a bunch of cheap other guys. And, and San Diego can do it because Tyrod Taylor's a stopgap. I don't know if he starts the whole season or – or as soon as – if they get off to their traditional slow start, he's gone by week five. Um, and you're going to play Justin Herbert. And Herbert's cap numbers, it's like 4-8 this year. It's like uh, a little over six in 2021. It's like seven two five, and then like eight four five. So that's the model to have a high-priced guy. Now, Kansas City's interesting because – Patrick Mahomes decided to really give them a break on cash and cap the first couple of years. So they have two $20 million per year defensive linemen. And that's only because the cap numbers for Mahomes for this year and next year aren't going to be any different than what they would have been had he played out his rookie contract and his cash is way low. Because that's an underrated thing that I don't think a lot of people are thinking about, that not only are you going to have lower cap, but you're going to have lower cash. And there's also for each team, there's the salary cap. There's a cash budget as well. So the way Mahomes is taking his cash, that he's not getting a lot early on, that's going to help them be able to afford other players because of their cash budget. Now, at some point, something has to give, and you can't keep everyone, which is something that Bobby Wagner astutely pointed out when all those guys that they drafted when they became really good um, had the rookies' contracts come up, and they had to start picking and choosing who stays and who goes. And, and going into free agency for 2021 with the cap 
potential reduction. Do you think that there's going to be a trend of less upfront money where they're kind of backloading these contracts? So they are kind of like the home situation where it's friendlier upfront for the first couple years and then they're backloading it, not as heavy as guaranteed money upfront, kind of like the, uh, the Bosa deal where the, he's, I mean, he's getting what, 78 million guaranteed upfront and then 102 over the deal. So potentially that when these free agents sign, they're going to be maybe ex- longer contracts, but backloaded. Uh, you're going to have more creativity in contracts. Um, I think you may see a type of structure, which a lot of teams have gone away from, which is assigning an option bonus structure. It's one that Cleveland used with Miles Garrett. Baltimore used to use it a lot and they stopped where you can keep the cap number low in the first year because you can have a big signing bonus, low base salary. And then in the second year, you have an option bonus and the base salary will be low and the option bonus will be to exercise year or years later in the deal. The problem with that is if you if it's the wrong guy, you have tons of proration because the option bonus is treated like signing bonus and prorated over the life of a contract for a max of five years. That's why they had to redo Joe Flacco midway during the deal because it's, they, did, they did the extreme. They had two option bonuses. So I had ton, three sets of proration in his deal, and he had a huge cap number one year. He gave him leverage to re-up and become the highest paid player by average salary again. You may see that to keep the cap numbers low early on, hoping that when the new TV money kicks in, that the cap is going to explode like everyone anticipated. Because you're still, but still, it's not going to be what you thought it would be. Because you're probably still going to have a shortfall from lost revenue this year, which bleeds possibly into 2022, maybe 2023. But still, once the new TV money kicks in, that should at least have a jump in the cap. Maybe not the tremendous jump we were thinking pre-pandemic, but still, that may be a way to try to handle the loss of revenues at least in 2021 and potentially 2022. I wanted to ask you as far as going back to guys that are opting out. Do you see other guys like Alex Smith, Ben Standing wrote an article about uh, with the uh, Athletic basically stating that it would make more sense for a guy like Alex Smith who's in his current situation to just take the 150k and have his money roll over. Do you see other guys taking that option? as well. And do you think it makes sense for Alex Smith to just take the $21.5 or whatever it is the next year? And then with the new TV money, you've got that in, in, in his second year, and there's a possibility he could actually see that money. Well, the thing is, his 2020 salary, his base salary was $16 million, um, was guaranteed for injury at signing, and it became guaranteed for skill and salary cap on the fifth day of the 2019 league year. So that was like uh, St. Patrick's Day. So whether he plays a down or not, whether he, if he couldn't have come back, they're still on the hook for the 16 million. So in his case, you, you, if you opt out, you, your contract tolls up, gets pushed back a year. I just take the 16 million that's guaranteed and go from there. I, I think really for him, it'd be great if he could come back and get on the field again, but just the fact that he's back up and, can have a normal life. I think this is more he gets to go out closer to his own terms than having his last football play be the injury. So for him, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to opt out because you got the guaranteed $16 million this year. Yes, thank you so much. Kept you later than we thought we would. But, uh, but Joel, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Again, please check out Joel's podcast, Inside the Cap. Thank you again for being on. We really appreciate your time. Sure, thanks for having me. No! 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you to Joel Corey for stopping by. We really appreciate him giving his expertise on the salary cap situation in the NFL in general. But as always, we're on all major podcast platforms. And please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like the show, please share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook page. Thanks again, and we will see you on Wednesday.